Welcome to the Boss Collective Podcast, a podcast where we speak to entrepreneurs, founders, and experts about all things business. This season begins with a 10-part series focused on building a business from scratch. If you're looking for inspiration, motivation, or just want to know how they did it, this is the podcast for you. Before we get started, everything we talk about on this podcast is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek the help of a licensed financial advisor or professional consultant. Hey guys, welcome to the Boss Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Chapman, and this episode is a bit of an anomaly. It's going to be the first and probably final solo episode that I ever do in my life, but hey, we will see where that goes after a few weeks. So I'm here to tell you a little bit about the Boss Collective podcast, why I've started it, and what you can expect to learn from this podcast over the next few weeks as our journey starts together. The Boss Collective podcast came to my mind because I have always been fascinated by business. I have been incredibly fortunate to be surrounded by some amazing entrepreneurs for most of my life. And although I personally am in a corporate job and I've spent the best part of my career climbing my way up a ladder, I treat every single job like I own the company. You know, I'm fully invested. I'm in 150% and there is no other options. So treating jobs like that, I've obviously always aspired to own my own business one day. And I have had a few ideas of my own, but the main driver for this is I've watched a couple of friends who've had the most incredible ideas, but just have had no clue on how to bring them to life. They've got no idea on where to start, on what to do, on who to speak to, or even just getting started. You know, do I need a company? Am I a sole trader? All of these terms are always thrown around. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have done a degree in business. So a lot of things I do know from my time at university, but there's just so much more in this rapidly ever-changing world that I don't know. So, You know, you can find most things out on Google these days, but rather than finding this stuff out from a random source who's written a blog, I thought, why not go to the people who are incredibly successful, who are incredibly talented, and let's chat to them and find out how they did it and what their tips are and what they wish they knew all those years back when they first started their business. So this is a 10-part series to start off with, and it's going to take you through how to start a business. So a little bit about me, I live in Brisbane with my husband, Nick, and our amazing little puppy, Billy the Spoodle. And by day, I work for a multi-million dollar fintech company, which is a financial technology company. And I have a project management background, but I've had a few promotions over the last few years, and I now head up our operations and project management departments across Australia. So my career before today has been pretty varied. I started off studying law and accounting when I first left school and I was living in a really small regional. It's actually not that small. I say this all the time and get called down for it, but I was living in this town in regional Victoria and whilst I was at uni, I was doing some promotional work on the side and I actually 
ended up going on tour with The Wiggles. And during that tour, I just saw so much of Australia and I came back to this town. I just realized I couldn't keep doing what everyone else was doing. And I just wanted to go out and see the world and explore Australia. You know, there's so much cool stuff in our own backyard that I'd never even heard of. So I packed my now husband up into my tiny two-door car and we started driving up the East Coast. And before we left, I'd also hosted a sailing regatta. And I'd met a contact along the way who worked on Hamilton Island and we were driving along and thought, God, wouldn't it be cool to say that we've lived on a tropical island? So we'd actually had a business idea before we left and our idea was just to go traveling and then come back and set up this business. But we thought, "Mm, well, we could do worse things than go and live on an island for three months. Like, how cool would that be? And then we'll go back and start this business. So we applied And we both got our jobs pretty quickly. I have no idea how. It was quite possibly the worst interview of my life. I had worked in hospitality for years and they asked me the difference between white wines. And I was like, um, well, uh, they, they taste different and I just don't even know. So I didn't end up in the restaurants, obviously, uh, but I did end up in the pub and Nick, Uh, was working as a personal trainer before we left, and he thankfully got a job as a trainer on the island. So my job in the pub lasted about two weeks because I just, I hated working late nights. I couldn't stand it. I'd done it for so long and the island was so beautiful. I just wanted to be out exploring and enjoying it. So I took the literal opposite job and the job that nobody on the island wanted, which was working at the bakery. So I would get up at 4am every morning and walk down to the bakery and I would make hundreds, literally hundreds of sandwiches every single morning. And it was great. So now if you if you ever need any catering done for bulk sandwiches, I am 100% your gal. I've got so many tips on that. But I did that for a little while and then was asked if I wanted to take over something called the lunch truck, which is exactly as it sounds. It's a truck that drives around the island and serves people lunch, primarily staff, and it's at a discounted rate. So that little truck when I first got it was pretty interesting. It served pies. And if you were really lucky, they had Kransky days on Tuesday and it was just a hot mess really. And I looked at it and went, God, we're missing out on so much opportunity here. There's so many things we could be doing that would cater to so much more of the island's population. You know, half these people are really fit. We live two meters from the beach. Like people are wanting, people want to have a beach bod and we're selling them pies. So I turned that into my own little business in the best way that I knew how. I started interviewing people. I reviewed our prices. I made some deals up. I got a whole heap of new healthy options approved to go into that truck. And after six months, I was still absolutely loving it, had made so many friends on the island and we were thinking of leaving. And I was actually offered one of the most amazing jobs on the island. So I was asked if I would like to be sole concierge for the VIP guests on one of the hotels. And it was incredible. It's kind of where I think my love for project management and planning and organizing things came from. So I organized itineraries for these guests. I planned their holidays. I did so much research to make sure that I knew as much about these people before they even got to the island and I could kind of preempt their needs and what type of holiday they would like. 
and made a little game for myself to always say hello to every single one of them every single day. And I loved it. And we were both loving the weather. We loved the, the lifestyle. We had started to make some incredible friends. And so we thought, cool, all right, well, let's stay for another six months. And six months very quickly became two years later. And we were still on the island and we were both having the best time and doing incredibly well at our jobs. And one of our friends was talking about a ski trip to Canada. And I thought, oh, my God, I've never actually seen snow. That would be so much fun. Let's go traveling for a little while and then we can go, you know, back to the real world. I think that's probably time. So packed everything up. We went to Canada, we went to America, and then we stayed on and traveled all through Central America for six months and came back to Victoria afterwards. And it was the middle of winter. And when we came back, we looked around and just not much had changed. You know, everyone was just doing the same thing. And I was looking at the jobs available and nothing really sat well with me. And I just wasn't really feeling anything. So I decided that I needed to go back to uni. And in typical over-ambitious Alicia style, I decided, well, I can probably go and finish this bachelor degree via correspondence and I can work full time if we go to the island. Like there's no commute. The, The job is literally a minute from our house. So let's go back to the island and I'll finish my uni up there. So we did. And I finished my degree whilst working on the island. I majored in marketing and HR and I ended up working as an ops manager or operations manager for the island. And that was, again, in planning and logistics and problem solving. And oh, my God, so much problem solving. But once I would finished my degree, a job in sales and marketing came up. And since I majored in marketing, I was like, I took that on and put all of my shiny new skills to use. So coming up with new campaigns and defining our target audience and restructuring all of the deals we offered. And I was just loving every minute of it. And Nick was also doing incredible well. He'd moved to real estate and he was selling multi-million dollar properties. And we were both just having the time of our life until Cyclone Debbie came through. So if you don't remember Cyclone Debbie, it came basically straight through Hamilton Island and sat on top of her for a fair few hours. And we were super lucky. We'd bought a house up there and that's where our our love and passion for renovating start. You know, we didn't know how to renovate, but we picked up some paintbrushes and painted some kitchen cabinets and just really gave everything a go. And we were living in that house when the cyclone came through and we were incredibly lucky that we didn't have too much damage, but our roof lifted off and we got a fair bit of water ingress and we were told that we weren't going to be able to live in our house while the repairs were being done. And that was going to take about 12 months. So we kind of collected all our thoughts and Nick being in real estate had no houses to sell. So we looked at each other and we'd been on the island for six years at that stage and just went, God, maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is time to move to the real world. And I was, I was almost ready at that stage anyway. So We went home to Melbourne to see mum and start thinking about what moving to Melbourne would look like. And I nearly had a panic attack just driving to the supermarket because I'd been driving a golf buggy for the last six years and it had gone no faster than 20 kilometers an hour. And so moving to Melbourne was perhaps just that little bit too fast too soon. So we started looking at Brisbane instead and I found the most incredible company. It was a startup, but it was incredibly well-funded and had a Melbourne head office, 
but it was starting to set up its Queensland division and combined all of my previous skills into something called a customer success manager. So I was going to be one of the first employees for their Queensland team and the first CSM that they had ever had. So it was an opportunity to set everything up for ground level and really define exactly what that looked like for everyone. So I applied and everybody who worked there was either ex-consultancy or ex-Uber or Deloitte. And it was quite possibly one of the hardest interviews still to this day that I have ever done. So it was such a rude awakening that if I wanted to do this, I really needed to level up and I really needed to step up my game. So I did that and I got the job and moved to Brisbane and became an expert in all things customer success management, which was still quite new at the time. So I just researched and read and learnt from some of the best people in the field. And I had the most incredible mentors and learnt all about setting up a city or a new business completely from scratch where you've got no active engaged audience. And we did that. So we set up Queensland and I was fortunate enough to also work with everyone replicating my role across Australia and New Zealand. And once I finished that, I realized I was still so hungry. You know, I had more to give and I wanted to do more and be more and keep growing. But there was a ceiling in Brisbane with how much I could do. So as I mentioned earlier, their head office was in Melbourne and I thought, oh, okay, well, this was kind of our plan all along that one day we'd go back there. And I went down to visit mum again and it was just pouring with rain and so cold in the middle of spring, like it was almost summer. And I just went back to Brisbane and went, Nick, I don't think I can move back to Melbourne. I just, Brisbane's so good. You know, we've got a few more cafes here. It's a bit more happening. It's a really great lifestyle. I don't think I can go back to Melbourne. I think I need to find a Brisbane-based head office business to work in where I can grow. And so I got chatting to one of the biggest and best and most vibrant hyper-growth companies that they had in Brisbane at that stage. And the second I started researching more about it, I just knew I had to work there. So I did. And I worked directly with the CEO of this company as a project manager, and I helped to make all of the impossible possible. And which let me tell you, a lot of it felt impossible when I was first given the direction. But like everything else, I just threw myself in 150%. I worked 80 hour weeks and I just knew that if I kept at it, we could do anything. And the growth and success and change we were making was so addictive almost. The people there, they just operated on a whole other frequency. Everyone had side hustles. Everyone worked literally every second of their life to get shit done. And to this day, I think it will always remain one of the best environments I've ever been part of. But growing, of course, comes with teething pains. And there were quite a few of those. So after a particularly bad one, recruiters were circling everyone. Uh, And I was approached and presented with an offer at a fintech company that was almost too good to be true. You know, I love money and I love technology. And this company combined the two of them, but it had the stability of an ASX listed business. And there was no red tape or regulations like you'd find with some of the traditional players in the fintech space. So they were innovating and disrupting and changing the payments world forever. And when I dug a little bit more into the opportunity, 
It was going to allow me to work with powerhouses like Google and Apple and so many incredible businesses that just wanted to come along for for this ride with us. So I interviewed and got the job and started off as a project manager there as well. And after tweaking a few processes and procedures, just to ensure we were better set up for scalability, I was promoted to lead one and then two of the Australian departments. So that's me now. That's where I am and is very left of field. My career has been very diverse, but everything I've done to date has all in a way complemented each other. And it's all happened for a reason. You know, my passion and side hustle is is renovating and I'm currently in the middle of a crazy, huge structural renovation. Side note, if you like renovating or want to learn more about that, I also have a podcast called Renovating Australia, which is dare I say, amazing and has the most incredible guests coming up for season two. So jump over and hit subscribe over there. But, you know, renovating calls for project management and negotiating and all of these things that I've been fortunate enough to learn. But the one thing that I am still curious about and I get so disheartened when I see other people give up on themselves is when people don't know what to do with an amazing idea they have. So that's why the Boss Collective is here. And I want to know how to start a business. I get overwhelmed when I try and Google it. So this 10-part series is going to break it down and it is going to go through everything from coming up with an idea or a concept and executing it, setting yourself up, creating an incredible strategy to back it, and then going through that full cycle all the way through those really scary but incredibly exciting stages of growing your business and taking it to that next level. From there, some of my favorite interviews and favorite conversations that I've ever had in my life are with people who've created amazing businesses. And I feel no matter how similar the business might be, the journey to get there is always different. And there is always something you can learn from someone who started a business. So the Boss Collective is going to be just that, a collective of people who are bosses, who are founders, who've created companies and can just give you really valuable advice to complement your journey in the business world. So strap in, guys. Any thoughts, any feedback, any guests you'd love to see on here, please let me know. And I am so excited to introduce you to our first guest. They are absolutely incredible. A powerhouse, someone who has helped so many others already. And we'll really just kick off nicely that first stage of going from concept to idea to fully forming your business plan and getting kickstarted on this journey. And I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Boss Collective Podcast. If you'd like to see more, don't forget to hit subscribe or you can find us over on the gram at thebosscollective.tbc. See you next time.